Hey guys, welcome to Living Unashamed. I am so excited that you decided to stop by today. I'm talking all about Jesus and how we can do a better job in our everyday life and living for him. And I'm going to be talking about it all from purpose to relationships to handling hard seasons in our life. In no way, shape or form am I perfect, but I believe that through trials and even mistakes, God can teach us to be better stewards of the life he's given us. So grab a seat, get your popcorn, because girl, it's about to get real. Hey guys, welcome to the very first podcast of Living Unashamed. I am super excited that you are listening today, and I'm just excited to give God's word so we can talk and chat about um, just being the church in general. Um, If you don't know me, I am Kendra Alexander. I am 26. I am a resident of Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, Super excited, you guys. Been uh, saved since I was 13, but I consider myself saved at 18 because that's when I had like a real encounter with God and a revelation of who he is and uh, just a greater revelation of who he is in my life. So super excited about that, but testimonies will be another podcast. But today, I just want to open up and talk about one of the biggest things that keeps us from being the church. And, you know, a lot of you might say we need to pray more. We need to love more. People might say we need to be giving more. uh, We need to, you know, help out more in life in general as the church, which are all amazing, wonderful things that I do believe that we need to do in order to be a better bride in general for God, you know. But I don't think that that's the biggest thing that keeps us from being the church. The biggest thing that I believe that keeps us from being the church lies right between our two ears. And that's our mindset. A lot of people are in bondage in their minds and they're never going to walk into being the church and what that looks like until their mind is renewed. Now, a blog I was reading did a study about our minds and they debated the fact of if our choices are really our choices because of our minds they're so impressionable like we I can describe like a whole house to you in detail and you see every detail of that house in your mind you can imagine the pictures you can see the colors you can see visions in your mind like God has created such an amazing you know my um imagination for us and i believe that that's one of the biggest tools of the enemy because he likes to take everything that god created that was good and amazing he likes to take that and distort it for his own purpose and his own evil intent but we have to know and understand god's voice so one of the biggest things that we have to understand is that every thought that comes through our mind is not for us we need to take every thought and judge it to God and his word because his word is perfect he's perfect so when we're judging those thoughts by his word it just exposes every gray area it exposes every lie when you put it next to truth so we're judging every thought by the word of God and the only way that we can do that is if we know God's voice that's one of the biggest things because he tells us in his word that you know his sheep know his voice and a stranger they do not follow if you know my friends like when they call even though 
they're all different in their own ways, you know, and if they call and I can't see them, I know each person who it is without even looking at a caller ID. If I just, you know, let it play, I know their voices because I spend time with them. I know their character. I know who they are. So I won't mistake them for each other because I know them. And that's the same thing with God. When you're spending time with him, when you're getting to know him, when you are, you know, in his word, getting to know him, you understand his voice and you know, this is not God. This is not in his character. He would not say this. He would not stir me this way. This is not him. And that's the same thing with the enemy. You would know it's the enemy. So there are three questions that you need to ask yourself when a thought comes through your mind. Number one, um, is this God? So you ask yourself, is this God? How would you know that it's God? Because it's going to be right in alignment with his word. And he always, always confirms the things that he wants you to do. Have you ever been sitting in a church service and you've just had Bible study at your house and the same scripture that you read at home, the pastor is preaching on, that's confirmation. Or the same thing that you were talking about with a friend, another friend mentions the same thing. Look for those moments because maybe that's God stirring you in a direction he wants you to go. He's going to confirm his word and his word never returns void. So make sure that you're reading his word. Make sure that you understand his voice by knowing his word and he's going to always confirm it so number one is this god number two is is this the devil now the devil is obviously going to be completely blatantly against god so anything that you see is blatantly against god you know that that's the enemy now these two voices are the easiest to determine because you know good you know evil this is evil this is good murdering someone oh that's the enemy doing a kind deed that's god you know that's super easy to determine it against but the third one is a little bit sneakier the third voice is the secular voice now that's the third question you to ask yourself is this the secular voice now i'm gonna give you an example the secular voice is the more sneakiest voice so it's not obviously against god but for example it's like in the bible with adam and eve When the snake got Eve to go against God, that was a secular voice. He didn't come out and say, you need to eat this apple because it's against God and you need to be like, he didn't say, go against God and eat this apple. Like, show your hatred towards God and eat this apple. He didn't say that. What he came to her and said was, did God really say that? Are you sure that God wants you to do that? Like, that's the voice. It's trying to get you as close to the line as you can go without going over it. It's that voice that tells you, hey, are you sure God said not to have sex before marriage? I'm I'm not sure if I've seen that in the Bible. Or it's okay to have this one drink. Go ahead. Like, th- these are the voices that are trying to get you to go against God. And it's still the enemy, but it's it's parading itself as if, you know, it's not that bad, you know? So that's the secular voice. So those are the three questions that you need to ask yourself because the secular voice is one of the biggest tactics of the enemy because it starts as if, oh, it's not that bad, but it's a direct line straight to sin. So because we believe every thought 
is ours. We just automatically agree with every thought that races through our minds. But in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it tells us what to do with those voices. So it tells us to take every vain imagination captive and subjects it, subject it to the obedience of Christ. What does that look like? Well, what that looks like is when we get a thought in our minds, when we get a thought in our minds, that's a negative thought. Let's say I'm getting a thought that I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough. I need to take that thought captive and subject it to the obedience of Christ. So when I get immediately when I get that thought, Kendra, you're you're worthless. I'm immediately going to prayer. Lord, I just thank you that I am worthy. I thank you that you have called me to be great, God. That you have such a plan and a purpose to prosper me, not to harm me, but to give me hope in the future. Lord, I believe everything your word says. I thank you that I'm so worthy because you died on the cross for my sins. That is what it looks like to take those thoughts captive. And I am speaking the word over that negative thought. I never, ever speak that negative thought because when it's in your mind, it's just a thought. But what the enemy wants is you to agree with that thought. And then by speaking the words out of your mouth that you are the thing that's in your thought, you are agreeing with that negative thought. But you need to take it captive. Speak the word of God over it because in James 4, 7, it tells us to submit to God and the devil flees. So when you're submitting to God in that way, he has to flee. He has to flee. A lot of times... um, we like to give so much attention to the enemy and what he's doing. Whenever I was younger, me and my brother, we used to fight a lot, y'all. Like, we used to really fight. And, you know, I was the big sister, the bully, you know, and he was just the little brother. So, um, but the main thing that I would love to see is his reaction when I was picking on him. You know, I would love to see him get upset and angry and like, I know y'all is mean. I was little. Don't, you know, don't judge me. But uh, I would love, and one of the biggest things, have y'all ever did those things where like you go as close as you can to him and you'd be like, I'm not touching you like that. He used to get so annoyed at that. And it would just you know, it was just funny to see, and it would just make me want to pick after him more, the more I would see his reaction. So I feel like the enemy is doing that with us. He knows our buttons because we speak it out of our mouth. He knows what we dislike. He knows, you know, the things that make us tick, and he is trying to get that attention. That's the same reason why he got kicked out of heaven, because he wanted to be worshiped he wants to be worshiped so if we're spending so much time acknowledging what he's doing we're giving him a platform he's going to perform so what we have to do is submit to god his word speak the word because when you when you are speaking the word and taking those thoughts captive you are submitting to god in the same breath and when you're submitting to god he has to flee the enemy has to flee so the next thing that i want to talk about I know what you're thinking, okay? I know what you're thinking because we have a lot of thoughts every day. I was studying and I was reading up on it, and it said that we have 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day. Guys, that's a lot of thoughts. And on average, we have 2,500 to 3,300 thoughts per hour. That's so crazy to me. If we're having all of these thoughts, I know what you're thinking. Like, how are we going to be fighting against these thoughts daily? And, you know, I have five tips on how to do that. So if you're writing notes, write this down. Number one, you have to believe. Number two, you have to believe. Number three, you have to believe. 
Number four, believe. Number five, believe. Okay, guys, just believe. I know that it sounds so easy, too a little too easy, but all you have to do is just believe what God said is true. Just believe what he said is true. Believe his word. Believe every word he's spoken. You know, believe what he said. Because he tells us to not lean to our own understanding. If he's telling us not to lean to our own understanding, and he used the whole chapter just to say, we say this, but he says that. He says, you say, but I say. And you say this, but I say this. If he used the whole chapter to say that, maybe we're not saying what he's saying. And maybe we're not thinking what he's thinking. So we just have to believe what he said. If I was the enemy and everything was promised to the believers, I was definitely going to attack the belief system of the believer. And that has been his biggest tool against us as Christians to fight our belief system. Because if we don't believe, we're not going to do because we do what we believe. This is the reason why we're not praying for the sick, because we don't believe they can be healed. He is trying to attack our belief system by discouraging us. Look at everything that has happened in 2020. He's trying to discourage us. He's trying to break us down so we never walk into being the church. Guys, this is our time to to walk into everything that God has called us to do, to be, to experience. God wants so much for us and he desires for us, for his bride to shine, to shine in the midst of darkness, to shine. Even when the the world is losing hope, we are that hope because Jesus lives in us, the hope of glory, you guys. So we cannot just let every thought in our mind overtake us and keep us up at night and no we have authority to cast down every vain imagination and replace it with the truth that God has called us to be he has called us to be something so much greater than ourselves and you know when we look at ourselves we just see this flawed human being but when God sees us he sees such an amazing blameless warrior that he's called us to be so it's time for us to stop agreeing with those negative thoughts and start agreeing with what God has said and called us to be because it's so much it's so much greater we are called for so much greater than what we've been experiencing we are called for so much greater than what we've been seeing and it's time for us to walk into that guys like it's time for us it's time and what that's gonna take is us getting into our word for ourselves as the church Because we have been so, we have been having a defeated mindset for so long that it's time for us to pick up and become the warriors that God has called us to be. We are strong, guys. We are so strong. And we have such an authority and identity in Christ. And it's up to us to get in our word, to know, and to read, and to study so we can know and study ourselves approved. So I just want to tell you, Remember that every thought that comes to your mind is not yours. Every single thing that comes to your mind, judge it by the word of God. Did God say this? Is this the enemy? Or is this a secular voice trying to get me off track? And just believe in what God said is true. I love you guys and thanks so much for listening.